Yeah. We are Thanks. now officially recording. Yes, sir. Thanks for jumping on. This is the first pod. Oh, is it? First recording, yep. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored. Got some oh more gosh. people lined up already. I was surprised the response was a lot of people were down. Yeah. All five of the people I asked have agreed, so. Oh, so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you're starting this. Yeah, it's wild. I think probably like five or six years ago, I wasn't in a space to want to share, want to even put my story out there. Yeah. So now I feel... Wow. Good to go. So, so this yeah. is like a growth evolution point for you too. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah, just to be seen and mm-hmm. let all my flaws out is. Yes. Yes. And now you're putting a platform for other people to do the same. It's great. Yeah. It's full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know where to start. I mean, we could do the formal, where are you from? Where were you born? Kind of thing, okay. I guess. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good start. Um, well, my name is Alex, and um, my family is originally from Southern California, kind of the high desert area. We moved to Kansas when I was probably six. Um, super small town, like eight hundred people and like thirty cows. Um, had a fairly good childhood. Um, yeah, it was great. I I'm so glad I was more of a country boy than a desert boy. Um, I love the heat, but I don't know. There's just something about the open plains that I just love here. Um, yeah, and then I, I'm now here in Kansas City, um, which I love. It's not too big of a city. It's not too small. Um, it's perfect. I love, like, the community here. It's super unique and special. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, the energy here is just, like, it's very enlivened, which I love, but also very chill. Very chill too. The heart of America. Literally, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I forget. I forget that's a thing. Yes, it is the heart of America. And I would say that proves true for the energy here. Yeah, it's a lot more magical than I thought it'd be when I mm-hmm. went there. And that's mm-hmm. where we met in Kansas City. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, you know, they the Wizard of Oz, that's where all this is from. And I feel like we kind of have some semblance of a emerald city here. Yeah, that's a powerful mythological story right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm so what, Dorothy. <laughs> what was uh, your family like growing up? What was that like for you? My family was, um, oh my gosh, they've sacrificed a lot for my brother and I to have just happy lives. Just specifically, my mom had a really rough childhood. And so she she did a lot of ancestral clearing for my brother and I. And my dad, my dad did as well. Um, they're just extremely hardworking. Um, but they've been very supportive. I'm gay. And they were supportive of me being gay. So with my brother as well. Um, they actually, my dad was actually the first person to um, uh, give me my first spiritual awakening when I was probably, I think I was eight or seven. And the church, they used to go to this church in um, Southern California. I don't remember what it was called, but it was, it was a church based off of meditation, just putting it in very general terms. And my brother and I, we would, we just fought so much. And my parents were like, I feel like for them, it was like, all right, the last straw, we're going to try this meditation thing. And if not, I remember my dad threatening to like send us to military school, if we didn't like get our act together. And so 
my dad led us through this meditation where we um, basically got to meet like our guardian angels is how he termed it. And um, I met my two guardian angels in that meditation. And yeah, just an overwhelming sense of like remembrance I remember having in that experience. And yeah, after that meditation, my brother and I, we didn't fight as intensely anymore. Like it was such like a, I don't know how it was for him. I'd be curious to talk about it now, now that he's older, but I just remember it was like, I mean, night and day. What changed for you in that? What was the biggest takeaway, I guess? Well, it, again, it was that, that sense of remembrance, like, oh, like I've seen, these guardian angels before I felt this feeling before, before I came into this life. And it was, I think that was a very pivotal moment for me because it it allowed me to feel more into my spirit, which is, you know, I don't want to say higher at a higher frequency. Well, I guess it is kind of at a higher frequency than the body, but it put my awareness in that higher frequency Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I just felt more elevated and more, mm-hmm. um, more like, oh, this fighting is like bullshit. Like, why are we, why are we fighting this much? You know, <laughs> man. And you were like seven or eight. You said pretty young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've had like intermittent like paranormal experiences growing up as well, um, and that kind of kept me in that kind of spiritual like realm, like there's always these weird things that would happen. And, and so then the meditation happened and then it was like, things were puzzle pieces were like starting to fit together, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It seems like it almost takes a parent to go through the, like do the work that they can and then lead, give the kid right like rain to kind of take right. it from there and keep running. Right. Yeah. That's what my dad said. He's like, I never, cause we talk now, we talk about it openly and he's like, yeah, I never, I've never gone as deep as you have now, but I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you took the fire I gave you and you're making a bonfire now, essentially. Yeah. There's a Carl Jung quote, something like the task of every child is to live the unlived, unlived lives of their parents. Mm. Mm. It is totally like passing the baton on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a really good one. Um, I would say they would, they would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild how the growth works into the invisible realm. Right. Yeah. Like we, yeah, the things we can't see. Um, and I feel like my mom, so my mom, let me tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom is, is a scientist. She's a biochemistry teacher and she has this uh, background in like physics. And I mean, she's just an amazing teacher and kind of have some skepticism, um, healthy skepticism in the spiritual world. While my dad is like, he's so into it. I can't tell you how many books he's read about like near death experiences. So it's also interesting that there is that balance of like skepticism, like coming from a science background and my dad, like full on in the spiritual realm and open to all of it. it I feel like that was important for me as well. Um, to kind of hold sort of the mask. I feel like my interpretation is my mom's masculine approach, very kind of um, contained, like I'm only going to see what's in this container. And my dad was like more in his feminine as far as what kind of spiritual information he was open to. And I feel like that was maybe subconsciously helped me as well um, with my, my balance in yeah, both worlds. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had similar, except opposite. My mom was the feminine, dad was masculine very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But our, our spirituality was more in the church. So oh, it was a little more contained. And then I kind of rebelled against that. And then eventually. Yeah. Um, what church did you? Were you uh, in? Just whatever non-denational, non-denominal, whatever, evangelical. Mm -hmm. Just, mm -hmm. But my mom is very much like a hippie at heart, spiritual. I got to lead her through meditations now. She'll get downloads and start singing and like. Oh, my gosh. That's such a gift that. to give your mom. Yeah. Wow. I, I keep telling her, like, you love this. Why don't you meditate more? And she's just like, <laughs> doesn't do it unless I make her. But, just be guided into it. Yeah. Yes. By you. you are the shepherd now. <laughs> yeah. Strange wow. How that works. But yeah. Yeah. It does take building blocks. It's, it doesn't seem like I haven't talked to anybody that's just like gotten it out of the blue kind of thing. Yeah. Where it was just like, Oh, you came into this life to know this, you know, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't met too many people like that either. And especially I, I just give so much like, um, like so much reverence to people who were in like a church setting. And then now they're in um, a more open spiritual um, practice. Cause that, I mean, that can be very tumultuous and traumatizing to like shift out of the religious aspect of spirituality. It takes a lot of courage for sure. Yeah. To walk away from that whole community. Right. And that whole identity. Right. Right. It yeah. is a lot. I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit for the people who identify with that story. Like yeah, y'all are. Mm -hmm. That was my story for sure. Wow. Wow. So what can I, can I ask like what, yeah. what was, what was the thing that, um, that like got you out of it or activated you into embodying a different like spiritual mindset. I guess what got me out of it was just almost like a natural, just questioning everything. When you're like 18, you just start looking at your parents and be like, what, what is this? What, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of rebelled, kind of went like more of the atheist investigated that side of things. And, mm -hmm. and then my real breakthrough was when I was 21, I ate five grams of mushrooms alone in the dark. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I just had a total awakening that left my body and I came back and I laughed harder than I've ever laughed about anything. Oh the whole gosh. death became a joke and everything. I disappeared for a while. Like I could only see myself through other people's eyes. Oh, I was wow. like totally wow. gone, <laughs> but wow. still here. Right. I remember I was going through like Facebook, just looking at pictures and I could just see memories through other people's eyes. Oh. Not my own. My Like my own was just not there. Wow. That's intense. It was a lot. I didn't even know what I was signing up for when I did it, but <laughs> <laughs> I was in a dark place. Like my early twenties were dark. It got really dark. Mm -hmm. so that saved me a yeah. lot of, Yeah. Wow, of darkness. Like, even the idea of killing myself was just like you don't even die. Like you're not gonna mm. change anything. So don't even. I didn't even entertain it after after that. It was just like, wow, no reason wow. to even go there. So that began my wow. awakening. Still had a lot of work to do. Went through sure. a lot of 
<laughs> sure. A lot of, uh, I don't know, problems, addictions, became an alcoholic, pothead, mm-hmm. all these things just mm-hmm. to escape. But that was a huge, like, seen through the clouds moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people, like, a lot of people have, like, those dark experiences after, like, an awakening because it's like you have this experience and you're not quite sure how to like integrate all of that or understand it because you just don't have the language or just the mm-hmm. understanding of it. You just know you had that experience and it can, yeah, I can totally see how you even experience darker things. Cause it's like, how do I hold all this? Like, I don't even know what to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's no community. There's no, no people community. to talk to besides like Terrence McKenna videos or online. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like my pseudo shaman. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you made it on the other side. It sounds like. Yeah. We're rocking and rolling now. And yeah. mushrooms became my teacher for, then I'd go, I've, I've done that and upped it up. I've been like, go out in the mountains in Colorado, eat six grams, seven grams, eight grams, nine grams, and just. Whoa. Yeah. They oh my got, gosh. Got the craziest insights and downloads about mm-hmm. life and hmm yeah so, doing it in nature too like yeah I've, I've done that once before and it's always a profound has been in a profound experience i've done it a couple times unintentionally and like with my friends and it, it's never it's never been good it's always a bad trip like i need to be alone you know or support like me in a like a facilitated environment is always yeah, nice, that's you good. know but mm-hmm. yeah i like being alone for sure I'll go out Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to um, I went to Tulum last year. Um, my friend hosted a like a retreat, and <clears throat> we um we did do mushrooms. And the whole intention for the retreat was to um connect with the domesticated part of ourselves. Like the I don't know if you've read the book uh, uh the Four Agreements, but oh, it was yeah. very much based off of that book (laughs) and yeah i i totally underestimated it i like felt like i died on the beach and like was just going really really going through it and it was interesting to because i I really wanted to like face this domesticated part of myself like what does that even mean like we're gonna find out and there was just there was so much patriarchal like energy in me and that's what I realized was domesticating me and the way that it was like showing up for me was it was like this shadowy man and I I could see like my masculinity attached to this patriarchal energy and it's kind of like this top-down effect it was like the patriarchal energy influencing my masculine and then my masculine based off of what that patriarchal energy was doing was then influencing my feminine And I consider myself to be like a very feminine person. And so to see this patriarchal energy, like kind of overbearing both energies was like very hard for me to accept. And yeah, I was like trying to wipe, like I was, I remember just like doing this, like I was trying to wipe it away. And it finally, my friend came up, was like, you need to move your body, like get up and start moving. And so like, I, I swear for like, 
probably 45 minutes. I was shaking and like bouncing and like jumping and like throwing my hands in the air. Oh, it was, it was exhausting. There's still a lot of work to do, but the way I describe it is like, I don't know. Have you seen like the Harry Potter movies or know anything about Harry yeah. Potter? It felt like I destroyed one of the Horcruxes, you know, there's still probably six more left, but it was, it was kind of rewarding to kind of see it in that way. That's awesome. Yeah. When did you first discover plant medicine and when did you think that was a thing in your life? Um, well, I, I did smoke a lot of weed um, growing up or in college and I didn't, I didn't call it plant medicine then. I just, you know, and smoked quite a bit of it. That really opened me up a lot. Um, but the first time someone had introduced it as plant medicine um, was, I think, in 2020. Um, my friend holds um, ceremonies and they talked about it as plant medicine. Like, yeah, we're going to get together and facilitate the safe experience where you can um you can sit intentionally with the medicine rather than just taking it for fun and seeing what happens. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was probably about 2020 when they introduced it to me in that way. Yeah. I think you, you were there. I think. Was that? Maybe. Was, was Maybe. The sassafras. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that was 2021. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Maybe you weren't at my first one. It would, it would have been the second one. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. What, what about you? you? Uh, oh, the first one. I mean, I same with weed. Just definitely went down that rabbit hole for a while. Mm -hmm. Helped mm -hmm. me a lot. Uh, and then started dabbling in mushrooms. But then the the real breakthrough was when I was twenty one and had that five gram. And from there, I mean, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Gone down plenty of little rabbit holes here and there yeah same here mm -hmm. uh-huh yeah it's like getting a new tattoo it's like once you get a tattoo it's like oh i want another one <laughs> you know yeah. i want to keep going down this rabbit hole <laughs> all different flavors different insights it's fun. yeah yeah yes i i'm already such an open channel um that the plant medicine just like gets me in connection with at least my experiences thus far has besides the patriarchal experience of mushrooms, I have all these like spirit guides or like entities will like come into my space and I can have like more of a conscious, real conversation with them just because I'm so open. Like the medicine just opens me up so much already. And that those have been the insights that have been like truly inspiring to like see these entities come in. And it's really activated like my unworthiness like it's like oh my gosh like merlin's coming to me right now i feel so unworthy of your presence and he's just like what the fuck like no you, you created me bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> right you're the reason i'm here yes exactly <laughs> um yeah that was a profound experience i had when um i did another uh psilocybin um ceremony and yeah merlin and yeshua specifically came to me and it was like this beautiful reunion of friends and um they were telling that the way that they were presenting themselves to me was like my two gay dads 
is what it was like, like my two spirit spiritual dads. And it was, that was a really, that was a turning point for me as far as um, my personal empowerment. It's like, wow, these inner, if, if this is being reflected back to me, Merlin and Yeshua, clearly that means that I hold the same like energy that they do. Like mm-hmm. I am capable of the same um, energetic influence that they have for myself. That was huge. That's when I fully stepped into like my wizardhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the trick from there is the integration, right? Like, how mm-hmm. do you? Yeah, right. Yeah, how do you? How do you integrate? Like, get, get back to that place on your like natural. Right. Right. The help of the teacher. The exactly. Teacher. Yeah. I well, after that ceremony, um, I created a a work of art to kind of reflect my experience. And I've noticed when creating art based off an experience like that can connect me back to like the messages, the energy, and it's really a tool for me to um, continue to integrate. Because I've noticed part of my process is when I use my art to reflect something like that, when I meditate with it or I sit with it, I'll I'll continue to get more downloads of like what Mm. to do next, like next step action points or something I'll remember in the ceremony that I'd completely forgotten was triggered by something that I saw in the picture I created. Mm-hmm. Um, meditation has just been the biggest like integration though, mm-hmm. like just trying to connect back with the feelings and then where does that live in my body and how can I expand upon that energy in my body and what else contracts because of that feeling. And it's, yeah, just basically like you're a detective. It's like, okay, had this experience now let's track to see what's going on in the body. What can expand? What can contract? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meditation. Once I discovered meditation, that was a huge eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does your meditation practice look like now? Um, currently, I'm I'm really working on like mindfulness. So, really. Um, not falling into my thought processes as much. So really just being aware of everything without like falling into everything, just observing. Um, I do some breath work meditations as well to just kind of like move energy in my body. Um, And then I've been doing a lot of masculine, feminine, like balance meditations. Those Mm -hmm. have been three right now. yeah, that's just what I feel guided to at this time. Um, yeah, what when did or what kind of practices do you do? Uh, breath work, and then sitting in stillness really has been my huge mm-hmm. thing. Probably about seven years ago, I started. Every morning, I'd sit for at least. I try to do twenty minutes, but even if it was five minutes, just to like sit in that stillness, and I started noticing just the subtle changes of my day would unfold completely different if I started the day with meditation or if I didn't. Mm-hmm. And from there, I met a teacher out in Denver. She runs the neural sculpting Institute and mm. did a workshop with her. And she kind of broke it down, like the fight or flight and freeze and like realizing, Oh, I've been in fight or flight for 20 years, 30 years. Oh. Like, why do I need to be in fight or flight all the time? Right. And why, like, why is meditation 
allowing me to actually get back to a regulated state that's not just freaking out all the time right and so that that was huge to explain like oh it's there's a reason why this helps me and like what you're seeing and feeling Mm -hmm. so damn yeah i'm just like imagining you in fight or flight for that long and then transitioning into not being into fight or flight that's like massive shifting Mm -hmm. wow yeah so i mean I guess we go into the, when I was a kid, my dad was a federal agent. And so he told me like the world's full of bad guys. They want to kidnap you. you oh, need to not tell anybody where you live. Don't tell them your phone number. All like, my God, we, we live in this secret little world of <laughs> you don't really exist, but you do exist. And what so, yeah, hell? yeah. I'd be a little kid with a knife under my blankets and just being like, I'm ready to stab anybody that comes in here just trying oh to go to bed. God. Terrified of whatever is out there. Mm-hmm. So that definitely set this tone for my <laughs> like needing to be in fight or flight. And so a huge breakthrough was when I was 20, I started jujitsu. And that was uh, like, I got the fight or flight out of me mm. and I could relax afterwards. And I felt mm. like a normal person, but then the, the next day it'd be back and I'd have to like, wow. Yeah. Keep at it. Go through it again. Yeah. So jujitsu was the first, one of the first things I guess that saved my life. That was like huge to like regulate. And I didn't even know it then, but I did feel it. Yeah. Holy cow. That. What what a beginning of your life to start off. <laughs> you had a big assignment right out the womb. Yeah. Wow. And it's interesting too. I and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it's interesting how fighter you uh, jujitsu being like a martial arts and like a, a like a, a fighting um, activity got you out of fight or flight. Like mm-hmm. something that seemingly looks. Um, like fighting got you out of the fight or flight that's yeah i mean it just hit that button like you need to fight and then ding you fought all right your body Uh, can only take so much like mm -hmm. as much as you love it you can only train an hour to a day oh really yeah your body i mean they're trying to choke you break your arm break your leg like oh right duh yeah there's only so much abuse you can take right (laughs) until you're just like (laughs) exhausted oh my gosh uh, yeah it wow it hits that button and yeah was that like do you think that was like healing your inner child too since you were experiencing a lot of that as a child like just that being in that jujitsu environment like was just healing for your inner child the safety thing for sure out for whatever reason i was always the smallest littlest kid growing up like i didn't grow up until i was like 18 oh wow whenever we line up for class pictures i'd be the like the shortest kid or next to the shortest kid so i got bullied in elementary middle school and i always make friends with the biggest kids to like for bodyguards basically (laughs) (laughs) so i i had a a need to just be able to protect myself and that was a huge thing with jujitsu yeah after yeah practice for a while you're like all right 
I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Train for five yes. years. So, like, I can just kill you with my bare hands. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fine. Like, yeah. I can swiftly move my body in two seconds and you're done. <laughs> yeah. And you have no idea what's going on. So, uh-huh. yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I really feel like that's like the dragon spirit, too, that you have mm-hmm. is like this fierce protector and this fierce, like, energy in general. That has kept like that inner child protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of armor, <laughs> a lot of armor there I had to put on. I yeah. was doing a body work session with on mushrooms once and I could go back into like coming into this world and just, I could feel myself putting all this armor on my body just mm-hmm. to do the assignment that I needed to do. I came right. in with this, pure beaming heart and it was just like now cover it up with all this armor yeah. <laughs> so that you can survive this uh-huh and i'm uh-huh. still piecing taking the pieces off yeah yeah, yeah. wow well, yeah it's super courageous and a lot of people don't ever get that far too they just keep the armor on because they don't know what to do with it so yeah. i commend you for doing the work thank you it's been an interesting experience (laughs) yeah i i can i can relate a little bit to the armoring but i i did a lot of masking as a kid um just growing up small community and be knowing that i was i knew that i was gay at a very very young age and i knew that it wasn't okay to like express that out into the world um yeah there's there was a couple there was one instance i remember um where a kid older than me like his parents found out that he was gay in my community and I remember hearing the story of he came home and his parents were drunk and they found out and they like I mean they almost killed him like they had to he had to like move to like another town um and so that was a fear of mine um I always knew my parents were okay with it so there was a sense of safety there um, but still just, I mean, the fear of coming out and then also like having all these spiritual, like these specifically paranormal experiences that my parents didn't really know what to do with. And then I had, you know, just being gay. It's like, I had, I was very confused for a long time. Um, and then I, I did theater. So I have a degree in theater and theater was a great way to like, in a way it was very healing, but as I'm older now, it was also a it was a way to, um, I don't know, strengthen my ability to mask more. I was so good at pretending to be not myself that I could pretend to be all these other characters too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, there's a lot of masking. I'm still, I'm still working on that too. There's still, yeah, a- I have some of that for sure. Yes. <laughs> my yes. needing to be this invisible person and then being seen is like a huge Mm -hmm. like you can be seen calm down right right right. yeah so when i i I came out at 16 and then when i had like my all these like spiritual awakenings older in life it felt like i was coming out of like the spiritual closet too i was so scared to like hey guys like i channel merlin and um I do all these other woo-woo things, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and it's scary. It, it is that. Uh, yeah, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think channeling is? What is that for you? 
Channeling for me is, um, it's having the capability of um, move, having specific conscious energy move through you um, into physical reality. So whether it's through your voice or for me, it's most specifically through like my painting. Um, and it's the capacity to hold it too. So a lot of people channel and they don't know it. And, um, you know, they just like a, a good sign that people, someone channels is when you're, you're engaged in something and time moves weird. Um, that happens when people are in that flow state. And it's when you're in that flow state that certain energies can move through you, either conscious or unconscious in the field or from an entity. And, um, yeah, people do it. People do it often. So when you intentionally do it, it's, it's the action of can intentionally connecting with someone. So for me, it's like, all right, Merlin, I'd like to connect with you and I'd like you to move through me any messages or any energies that you feel would help me and my health at this time. So that's in a roundabout way. That's, that's how I define channeling. And when you hear it, is it in your voice? Is it in Merlin's voice or what is the. Mm, oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, there is a distinct voice change and that that's been something I've been really trying to identify more because I've noticed sometimes in my channeling, my ego can like sneakily step in and it can start to confuse me. And I'd be like, wait a minute, am I really in channel or is that my ego? Mm -hmm. And the ego has a particular voice. I have a particular voice. And then the, some of the other things I have, have a particular voice. Um, and really it's more, I'm more checking with the feeling like, does this feel like me? Is this me or is this something else? And then that's usually my radar if I'm in channel or not. Okay. Mm -hmm. What I was curious, what are the limits of channeling? What do you, is there anything that you can't get insights on or is it just, I'm just curious, mm. what is the, yeah, what is, yeah. Can you take it? <laughs> Well, I've been trying to like, um, so more recently I've been connecting with um, this spirit guide. His name is Mahar, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Ma Mahar, Maharishi Sasabruta, mm -hmm. I believe. And he was an actual living person um, in India, I think like 500 BC. I might, I might be, that might be incorrect as well, but um, he specifically came to me to help me with my health. And so I've been trying to like get specific information because right now he's just telling me, it's like, you need to activate your body. You need to um, eat better food. And I'm like, okay, let's see what else, what, like what food can I have? Like, um, and so sometimes there's a block for me where I don't allow myself to like get specific information, you know? So in that sense, yeah, there is sometimes um, a limit to what I can receive. Um, and then sometimes like I've done readings for people where the information is just so fluid, like there's no way I could have known things about that person. And so really just depends like how open I am and what's, what's going on for me personally, this, the amount of information I've access to. 
Yeah. Channeling and reading for yourself seems like trying to bite your own teeth almost. It's just yeah. like it's a lot easier to go with someone else than your mm -hmm. own self. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you can read it for somebody else because there's no bias. Like you're just, I don't know you. Um, so it makes it a lot easier for me to channel for you because I don't know anything about you. But for me, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Am I, am I saying that because I know this part of my past or am I saying this because this and that? Yeah, there's a lot of like potential influences that can get in the way of channeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that for sure in my own experience. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any like um, specific guides that you work with? No. I have the animal spirits i feel like comes through more than people mm -hmm. i haven't had any people come through and i guess for me i feel like i've we have five layers of consciousness we have like our waking state and then below that we have our unconscious and then below that we have our collective unconscious mm -hmm. and then back at your waking state you have the no mind and then super consciousness so mm -hmm. for me, I just try and get into an innocent, no sense state. And then from that place, I'll ask whatever the question is or whatever I want insights on. And then that's tapping into the super consciousness. I'll visualize a golden circle and see, typically it's like symbols and I'll get mm -hmm. a symbol. And from that, I'll just kind of roll. Mm -hmm. and it'll just keep coming. Wow. So wow. That's kind of how I was taught to tap into it. Wow. That's a cool process. Um, yeah. yeah. Something that's coming to me right now too, is I've, I've been not grounded for a lot of my life and that has been like important for me to practice while in channel as well. Mm. Cause if I'm all, if I'm always up here, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little overwhelming. You know, if I'm always going to be in spirit, there's going to be so much going on. Mm -hmm. um, and being in my body has been like one of the hardest things to practice while channeling. Cause you have to be, you have to be in your body, mm -hmm. meaning you have to be connected. You don't have, I mean, you're up here. Right. But like being comfortable in your body, I feel like is important. And you're, you're so freaking grounded. What's, are you, are you a earth sign? Air sign, air and earth mostly. Air and earth. Yeah. Yeah. You just have this natural groundedness about you. Yeah, I need to climb up <laughs> into the air yeah. more than I'm very, yeah, I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a lot of water. I have a lot of water in my chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you find astrology? How did that enter your life? Um, how did I find astrology? Um, I don't know. I probably picked it up. I started really going deeply into spirituality and all the other facets of it probably in 2019. And I probably picked it up there. And since then I've, I've met lots of people with all kinds of astrological knowledge. And I just found it as like a really good, like self-discovery tool, like so affirming mm -hmm. in ways. And also sometimes like very limiting as well. Like, I don't feel like there's really, anything that can fully describe you as like a complex being, you know, I think it's a good 
like guiding point that can guide you into understanding yourself more, but certainly not going to explain like everything, you yeah. know? I think it's like your body. It's like, it's there. You need to take care of it. It has certain limitations, but then you can also transcend it. It's not the end all be all. It's like, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah. I was there's not, some... I was not a, a believer in astrology per se, until I had one of my seven gram mushroom trips alone in the mountains. Mm. And I saw the Zodiac in the stars. I felt like we were in this brain and it just clicked for me. Like, Oh, it's like not even (laughs) deniable. Like, Uh and so then after that, I started looking into it and it all resonated, but yes, the hater before that. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. Like it's, I mean, you try to tell someone who's, you know, not in this world, that yeah the planets actually have an influence over your like personality and all that they're like what yeah it's a lot easier to say bullshit than yeah right than actually look deeper into it but i do find it fascinating you know because i try to think about like how would i respond to someone who doesn't believe in like astrology how would i like explain it to them and i think the way i would start would be well gravity has effect over us on earth and we can't we can't see it we can feel it can't see it and i feel like with how everything has energy um and the the positions of the stars at a time create some sort of like energetic like uh, algorithm or math and when it's when that particular formation of energy is projected onto earth at the time that you were born will have like a unique effect on you thumbprint yeah yeah right yeah thumbprint that's a good way to describe it it's like you're unique yeah whatever the energy is with at that time yeah right in this brain yes cosmic brain earth was tilted and like there's so many other factors yeah it's super fascinating but i haven't i haven't done any i don't know like a whole lot but i know like the bare bare essentials of it and i I don't think some people are not supposed to believe in it like mm-hmm. I heard one story that was like two astrologers. They were like obsessed with astrology and they had this kid and the daughter was like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't believe in it. And it was like in her chart that she didn't believe in astrology. And oh, like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. That is great. Imagine trying to tell her that too, you know? Oh, in your chart, it actually says you're not supposed to believe in this. So that makes sense why you don't believe. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I don't want to believe in any of this. Get out of here. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know anything about um, human design? A little bit. Uh, after I did a couple of those animal totems, everybody said, like, my human design is this. And I was like, mm. all right, I'll dive into it. And uh-huh. I got a reading. And, yeah, I'm a 5'1 emotional projector. Oh, I am an emotional projector as well. I'm a 6'2". Mm-hmm. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I'm just like, now that I know that about you, just all the things that you've experienced in your past, it's just like as a projector are intense, even more intense, I feel like for a projector than it would be for any other uh, human design. Wow. Uh, I have two motors, root and spleen, I think. Mm -hmm. So I have like a lot of energy to like move through stuff like that. Mm-hmm. but yeah it's a lot. <laughs> and, a lot when i first heard like i was a projector i was like ah, i want to be a manifester i, I thought the same thing 
but totally different path. Yeah. I was like, I know, like I work, I work for a manifesting generator and love her to death, but it's hard to keep up sometimes, not going to lie. And I'm just like, damn, at, at least I wish I was like a generator, you know, <laughs> the very minimum, but no, I, I really do love my design and we don't live in a projector world at this time. And mm-hmm. so I have to keep reminding myself of that, of like, well, that's for them. I'm, I'm creating a life that is more, um, more full of rest specifically. Rest yeah. and surrender. It's rest. almost like you don't really control your destiny in a way. It's kind of like the universe has your back and you just trust what yes. shows up. Yes, exactly. Which is an interesting way to be. No, very, very contradicting for some people. Sometimes me, I'm just like, oh, I just, oh, yeah, there are days where I'm just like, God damn it. I hear you. I'm supposed to surrender, but God damn it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. It is. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to ask you, like, some advice for projectors because it is such a non-projector world trying to navigate that space (laughs) oh my gosh well i could only speak from my experience um i mean the biggest thing for me has been dedicating time to rest and listening to my body when it wants to rest and not guilt tripping myself for resting because there are some days where i need to rest longer then I have time, then I have time for, you know, yeah, there's stuff that you have to do. Like if you have a day job, right. Exactly. The whole day is. Yeah. Yes. And you get home and you just want to sleep. Right. And so like prioritizing rest. And for me, resting is not laying down and then doom scrolling on my phone for an hour. Like put the phone down, close your eyes for 20 minutes. See how you feel. If you still need more rest, continue to close your eyes. Um, Another thing too is definitely be careful of the crowds you hang around as well. Um, just cause we're, we're sponges, you know? So we, we were very sensitive to people. And if you're, you're hanging around people who make your nervous system, like on fire, like girl, you need to, you need to find, you need to find some new people, you know, or mm-hmm. not spend as much time around those people who are like very fiery, like activators for your nervous system. Um, And then because I think we, we hold so much, like there needs to be like an outlet for you to like, just like release. Cause we just, we hold on to a lot of people's stuff sometimes unknowingly. And so if you have some sort of activity that allows you to release it, like for me, it's art. um, It's also yoga um, working out too, like is very helpful to just kind of like burn things away in my body. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's a really good start for projectors. Yeah. I think that is the first, first thing you can do is make sure your body and mind are where they should be. Yeah. 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 The biggest thing that helped me there was the four doctors from Paul check. He's a, mm. he's a wizard for sure. He's an interesting cool. cat. Mm-hmm. He has a whole institute, but basically you got to work out, you got to work in, you got to eat right, and you yeah. got to do something creative. Yes. Kind of switch that. He he calls it happiness, but I, 
feel like creativity mm. is more yes important for me and as long as it's like a wheel every time you do that your wheel is rolling and if you do three it kind of gets a little chunkier and then two yes yes yeah yeah it's interchangeable you know um yeah actually i quit my job um in august and i i have a living situation where i don't have to worry about rent or utilities for um hopefully two years and that's been huge um for me um because now i'm like literally creating a routine that is perfect perfect for my energy process Mm -hmm. um i know a lot of people don't have the privilege of doing that but um it is it's possible it is possible for people Mm. yeah it'll show up if you need it yeah (laughs) like that yeah Mm -hmm. busy 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 working and then yeah i just had my acl reconstructed so now i'm just Uh, yeah in my own world for a little bit so i get to work out in the morning or do ice baths breath work and Mm -hmm. i still have not done an ice bath before i really talk about clearing your energy yeah i know i i miss seeing the videos of you doing it and i've seen other people do it too and i've heard it's just like so good yeah yeah i would find a pond today (laughs) (laughs) i guess i could it is kind of cold today i probably it's it's cold enough Uh uh-huh uh-huh I have a hundred gallon tank and every morning I get out there with a stick, break the ice. And Oh my God. All you got to do is two or three minutes, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me so uncomfortable, but I know that means I need to do it. <laughs> what have you like, what has like, have you noticed any, um, I'm sure you have like, what kind of shifts have you noticed in your body and your mind? Like what have been the effects of it? it it's like the dopamine rush that you need to not care about little things like you just feel so good you feel Mm -hmm. like satisfied in your day Mm -hmm. um it gets you to learn how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable and accept the the like your body is screaming, like, what are we doing? You can get out of this right now. Yeah. But here you are accepting it with gratitude mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you're in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, if I didn't injure my knee, I don't know if I'd still be doing ice baths. So there's a weird little gratitude for the knee. Yeah, right. Breaking. Yeah. I started doing it in jujitsu just because like your body is like wiped and that sucks all the inflammation out gives you all this rejuvenating energy cold shock proteins and all this good stuff for your body and so you can get back out there the next day way easier. oh wow wow yeah wow you say it like that i i imagine because i see like football players do it i never knew why but you know that makes sense the the inflammation mm-hmm. wow Wow. Yeah. The first one I did post-surgery, it was like my bone, they did a, took a piece of my shin bone out and a piece of my kneecap. And so my my shin bone was all like inflamed. Like I could just like put indents in it. Uh The first time I was in there, it was just, I could just feel it just sucking all that inflammation out for the first time. Like I'm sure 
it'd be a lot more inflamed if I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, right now it feels pretty back to normal. Wow. Did you break your shin and your kneecap? Broke my ACL. But your ACL, that's right. You said that. And they did a patellograph, patellograph. So the front of that, that front tendon, they cut that out, take two little pieces of bone, shove it in through the back. And now oh, you have an ACL God. again. Oh my God. Damn. That's intense. Yeah. That was probably the most pain I've ever been. Yeah. Oh God. I can't imagine. Literally force you to slow down. Like you're literally not doing anything for a while. Yeah. And I'm already trying to like do more. <laughs> yeah. 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 They said 12 weeks is when people will rupture it most likely. Cause it's like you're healed enough to move and run, but it's not, it's kind of like a scaffold. It has to regrow and takes like six months to a year to really yeah, grow. Yeah. So I gotta yes. be careful still. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Has that been, have you noticed like the times when you want to get up and to start doing stuff like stuff? Do you like, do you have to fight yourself to like slow down? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pain tells me sit your ass down <laughs> yeah 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 it's not like yeah and i don't do not want another surgery and go through all that again because the second time it doesn't take as well and all that and so it's like right yeah better just take it easy yeah sit your ass down <laughs> i have been blessed to not have a lot of physical injuries in my life knock on wood there was there was one time I almost um this I don't want to get too graphic, but I mean I almost did, I split my big toe in half on some sheet metal once playing baseball with my friends and I was wearing sandals like a dum dum. And I it hurt so bad I didn't even feel it until I ran back and like my friends were like mortified at my foot. And then I looked at my foot and then all the pain just like surged into my body upon looking at it. I've had a couple surgeries, but um yeah, nothing, nothing like that. That's like next level. Damn. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even that bad compared to, I mean, Buffalo, he's got, he's still working with two busted knees. It's just like to not be able to move is such a <laughs> expanding experience because it's like you're really working from a different level. Yes. I'm curious since this injury, has there been any like animal spirits that have made their presence more known because of the injury? Mm, I've been tapping into the dragon, mm -hmm. tapping into like the whole totem that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and right now I'm in the snake era and snake is all about enduring snake bites. Uh, uh huh shedding skin and i mean uh, yeah the last couple of years have been a doozy like <laughs> really just getting hammered crushed hammered crushed and i have like no idea who i even am anymore like i can't mm -hmm. train jujitsu mm -hmm. wow like, all these got a kid now mm -hmm. all these things where yeah. i'm just like wow. starting fresh yeah and yeah massive transformation time for you yeah biggest transformation in my life probably so far 
Yeah. Wow. And probably wow. will be. My that's life. saying a lot based off of where you come from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's wow. that's where the walk without feet name comes from because that is being in the world without being in it. Huh? It is being the channel. It is the synergy between masculine and feminine, material, spiritual, the whole. Wow. I love so it. Like, I have to be here. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to get crushed again if I try and <laughs> right. anything other than what I'm supposed to do. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's inspiring. Yeah, thank you for saying it like that. It's giving me some some good affirmations about my journey as well. Yeah, I I feel like I need to look back at the reading that you did you gave for me for my animal. I think oh, I can't remember what I'm in, but kind How of similar. What's that? How old are you? Uh 29. You're a raccoon. Raccoon. What's the raccoon? Remind me. The little bandit that is all about the community. Oh, community. Robin Hood. Oh, okay. Okay. I can see how I've been doing that for myself. Because when I think of Robin Hood, I think of like, I think of the shadow work. You know, there's there's been a lot of unchecked shadow work in myself. And it's like, there's all these like uncast checks in my shadow. You know, all of this money that's there, that it's just laid, it's just been there. And that's what the shadow work is. And when I do the shadow work, it's like I'm cashing those checks or like the Robin Hood is kind of sweeping up and taking that energy. And I've noticed that the more that I'm sitting with myself and sitting with all the parts of myself, so like my my inner community, there's been, um, I've just noticed like there's been a lot of like, like not even subtle shifts in my physical reality, but big shifts. And it's like, I'm taking care of my frequency and my shadow in a way where it's like, ah, my energy can finally, because I've let go of some of the stuff I cashed in those checks. I can now receive what is already there for me that I've been waiting for, you know? So I was mm -hmm. focused on my inner community and cashing those checks. Interesting. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. That, that pulls some things in perspective for me. Mm -hmm. and it is like going into that invisible space and just trusting you enter the kingdom of heaven and right the, it, the outside will take care of itself right right yes yeah that's been that's been huge too um yeah because I, I am i'm i've not been comfortable in my body and it's just you know i i told been telling myself like probably the past year it's like oh I'm just like I'm ready to like go into my inner world and like take care of myself and but I really haven't like I still wanted to be in sort of that mindset of like well you say you're ready but you're not ready you know you're you're making these excuses so clearly you're not ready and now starting this year it's like okay now I'm legit taking it seriously and I'm a I'm surrendering to what's there and we're just feeling what's there. Mm -hmm. And I'm just observing. I'm actively participating by observing. And it's it's been huge. A lot less hard than I thought it was going to be as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only place real transformation does come from. It's from awareness. Mm -hmm. Like you can decorate your ego and do all these things that right. doesn't really change you. 
right. doesn't change your core, who you are. Yeah. yeah. But going into whatever you're dealing with, with awareness changes everything. Right. right. Yeah. Cause like literally everything and anything that ever was or is, is like right now. And so where you have your awareness, talking to myself here, I'm like, why are you focusing on all this like junk or like this egocentric energy right now? Like there's all this other shit here. You know, why are we not like expanding our awareness into all these other things? You know, literally everything you can think of is like right in front of you in an energetic stance. I'm not saying like, oh, there's a million dollars like right in front of me. You know, (laughs) I mean, honestly, if I think in abundance terms, like, depending on how I view it, it's like, yeah, this is a million bucks. Like I have a million bucks all around me, maybe not in the physical manifested form, but you know, I, yeah, it's the awareness. Like why, why are you so pigeon pigeonholed or uh pinhole or I don't, I don't know what the term is, but so narrow focused on all of these egocentric, like negative things, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the deconditioning that you're talking about. That's, our whole society is sick and focused on yeah how do i make money how do i get yeah. power how do i exploit people how do i yeah yeah right and yeah. it never ends yeah rewarded for it by the society because it's all backwards i know it's that's been like that's been a really hard for me and my journey is to embody these practices of um just awareness and like what is possible. And now that I feel like I've elevated like my frequency and then just seeing what I surrounded myself with and all the things going on in the world, it's like so depressing, you know, it's so dark because you just see (laughs) it's really, really hard. And um, I wish we'd talk about that more um, in spirituality, but that's where mindfulness has really been a game changer for me is like, I can observe all these dark things around me and I I can feel all of the suffering that's going on around me, but I don't have to personally identify with it. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's where a lot of people get like tripped up is they start to identify themselves with the experiences that they're having and they lose themselves in their experiences. And just by the way that society is set up right now, it's just perpetuated, you mm-hmm. know, it like forces you to perpetual, I don't want to say forces you, but it really encourages you to perpetuate the suffering because you're already in suffering. So why don't you just suffer a little bit more? You're never going to get out of it. So why don't you just keep, you know, keep mm-hmm. you to identify yourself in that way? Yeah, it's all about attachment. There's a crazy, I love Rumi. He's one of my favorite poets, one of yeah. your poetry uh just like there's a famine going on all these people are dying and then the the mystic is like in the corner just laughing and everybody's like shunning him like why are you laughing like <laughs> he's like it's god's dream this is what he wants like what yeah. do you what do you like <laughs> are you attached to like this ephemeral ethereal illusion it's just mm-hmm. just relax it's not yes. even real. So, like, <laughs> right like yeah, yeah you, you can get caught up in it, but it yeah. can also just be in it without being t- touched by it. Like right, right, whole thing. There's this um, 
this guy, his name is Daryl Anka. You might be familiar with him, but he channels this this extraterrestrial being named Bashar. Oh yeah, I know Bashar. I have gone down so many Bashar rabbit holes, and you know, he talks about the same thing of um, not not identifying or falling into the loop of um, negativity. And so when you're talking about like the famine, it's like people are, yes, the famine is happening and that's real, but you don't have to stay in that that suffering energy. Like there's so much more. And I feel like the more that people tap into in those dark situations, the more they're inviting their energy for positivity and higher frequency energy to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's a lot more complicated than I'm definitely generalizing it, but yeah, I think the reason why we're just seeing so much like negativity in the world is people are, they're accepting it. They're just like, yeah, this is, this is what's going on. This is the only thing that's happening. So well, I think I'm, it also has to crumble. I mean, it's real. Right. Yes. Like the same way I got destroyed by life. Like right now, all the systems are getting destroyed so that something can grow out of it. Yes. And so we have to go through the death. You no. Know, yeah. People people have been like saying like, Oh my gosh, things are getting really bad. I'm like, good. (laughs) Like we need, we need the crumbling of all these systems in order to build something new. Like that's been kind of like the little rebel rebel in me. It's just like, I'm so excited. Things are like crumbling. Thank God they're crumbling. (laughs) I'm ready to get over this bullshit, (laughs) you know? And it's going to be 500 years. That's the crazy part. Yeah. In the beginning of the crumble. (laughs) Right. So we won't see it through. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that I will at least maybe in spirit form, come and check in and see what's going on in 500 years, you know? Yeah. You might come back and yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to like bookend my human experience. Like, okay, I'm living this life as Alex. I'm seeing the beginnings of this. Okay. I'll come in like 500 years and then live a life and see what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, that'd be cool the butterfly effect of your actions yeah right right oh that would be cool i think that's kind of how it works Mm -hmm. do you think we take anything from this life into the next life like oh yeah yeah totally and it's Um, not our material stuff but it's the awareness the consciousness we develop right the consciousness yes i i totally believe that and i feel like that's why some people have like um like irrational fears. That's like one one symptom of that. It's like, why why am I afraid of coffee mugs? <laughs> Probably because you maybe were bashed in the head with one in another life. I don't know. That's just an example. But, you know, um, yeah, I totally believe consciousness transfers over to the next life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the only thing that we take. Right, right. If, if we even take that. <laughs> right, right. Which I think we do. I, I, I really think like... As spirits, as soul energy, like our goal is to evolve. Well, our goal is to do, really be whatever we want it to be. But I feel like evolution is an innate aspect of universal consciousness. So it would make sense that we would take our experiences into the next life to like continue to integrate that experience into the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that was when I did that five gram experience. One of the things I was looking in the mirror and I was like, you've been here for 10,000 suns, like calm down. 
Like mm-hmm. you've been here for so long. Mm-hmm. Not even and that that was not like out of the blue, didn't but it did feel like all right, I can um, came here for a reason. Yeah. It never ends. And yeah. Buckle up. Right. <laughs> yeah, just just continue to have your seatbelt on. It's yeah. all <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So have you have you done like past life reading before? I haven't. And every time I like get into the like that kind of thing, it always falls apart. Uh, so mm. I don't know if I wasn't supposed to see it yet. Maybe not. Thing. Yeah. But I would definitely someday love to get into past lives and mm. yeah, all that stuff's fascinating. Yeah. I am I'm very fast. I've had a couple people just in like nothing like in depth, but have told me a little bit about my past life and some of it has resonated, some of it hasn't. So I'd be just curious to like actually do something in depth and get some like real information about it. Um, Cause it is super fascinating. And I think that there, there's a lot of benefit to things that we can learn from a last, last past life into this lifetime. Cause like for you, I'm so curious, like it was your past life experiences getting your reading has like crumbled. So obviously like, you're not ready to receive that information yet. And perhaps, um, and once it's, I, I have a feeling, and just, this is what I'm intuitively picking up is when you are ready, like there's going to be like a full body resonance for you. And it's going to like, I feel like a lot of things are going to be affirmed and it's just going to like shoot you really high. Mm-hmm. Hope so at least that's just what I'm intuitively like feeling. Mm-hmm. If it always feels like I have these feelings and intuitions that something is a certain way, like the projector thing, I always knew when I get invited to things that it works out. And when I try and force things like trying to be a flower salesman and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, mm-hmm. don't you want this flower? And the huh? bees just like, no, I come to you. It is not, <laughs> you don't fucking go to them. Like, yeah, right. Just, things like that where i'm sure it'll be like hey i kind of knew that but this does affirm Mm. and just like amplify yes yeah waiting for the invitation like the surrendering you just got to surrender the invitations just come to you don't force Mm -hmm. the invitation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah just by putting myself out there like that's how i got invited to the kansas city community Mm. Mm -hmm. getting invited i didn't search for i mean i kind of was searching for some kind of space like that but it, it yeah it came in the form of an invitation so mm. and then it worked out perfectly it was awesome yeah have you been back are you living you're in colorado right now aren't you moved to illinois last mm. summer okay so, yeah wow wow what pulled you to illinois uh the baby we have 44 acres here just built a little oh. house oh. wow it's cool to have a little private forest to do mm. my thing oh my gosh sounds like a dream honestly it's cool it's in the middle of nowhere which is kind of like why i'm reaching out to people on the internet uh, yeah 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 actually get connection with people yep yeah but yeah i kind of like it that way too it's nice to just mm-hmm. be in my own space do my own thing yes i would say that's kind of um a projector's dream honestly kind of mm-hmm. looking out there but yeah I, I know as projectors too we have a hard time like generating our own energy 
And so having, having those connections with people also like really important, but I could see just like walking in the forest and like getting your energy from nature spirits and, you know, just being out there has been really nice. Mm -hmm. And I got invited here too. Like I didn't ask. Oh, wow. Really? Parents invited me to like come back and stuff. So it was like, wow. Probably the last things I really wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But at the same time, it is pretty awesome and Mm -hmm. really privileged to be able to have this space. So, yeah. Yeah. So, are so you are living with your parents? Yeah. And the same, they have a house. I got a house. We're building our house. So, there's like three buildings on the property now. And yeah, I'm living with my parents too. That's why I'm like, oh, yeah, we're kind of like experiencing kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal, but it is, it is nice. Mm-hmm. Could not have parents. To yeah. Like, uh-huh. Right. That's a privilege in itself. So. Amen. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I feel like there's something else I was going to ask you. Um, oh yeah. Have you, have you been back to KC like to experience anymore? Mm, the last time was la- two summers ago when I did that art show at the oh. Cafe Gratitude. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Yes. After that, that's when we found out we were pregnant, had a baby coming. And so then it was just a complete <laughs> shit show from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you, like, in the best way? Have you made any more time for your art? Uh, art kind of comes and goes, to be honest. I feel like I need to be in a good, such a good place and have extra energy mm-hmm. to even want to make art. It's so weird. Like I'll fall in love with it and do it all day, every day for like months and then not touch it or do it or anything yep. for months yep. or years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's, all, it's always been that, yeah, that way. I don't know why exactly, but yeah, it kind of turns on and off Mm. other priorities to kind of take over and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a great therapy. That's for sure. It is. Yeah, I agree. Um, And this is just speaking from my experience, but might, might help you too. I've noticed like as projectors, our capacity, we're kind of like, um, what's the word? Uh, A jack of like many trades. And so, the way energy wants to move through us it can't be like confined to one thing, you know, has to move mm-hmm. creative energy has to move in different areas. So I don't know, might be, might be what you're experiencing too. Uh, yeah. That resonates for sure. Like I, when I was 20, I was like, I'm only going to be an artist, but then I was like, but I'm also going to do jujitsu and I'm also going to go climb yeah. mountains and I'm also going to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh-huh. So now it feels like I need to connect with people. It feels like I need to, use my throat more and mm-hmm. express myself that way more than mm-hmm. being alone in a studio making art. Yeah. Yeah. You got to breathe that fire dragon energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta breathe mm-hmm. it out for sure. Yes. Yes. I want to receive your fire. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I relate as well. Like theater was theater was a huge way for, huge outlet for me too and honestly i feel like that was one of the ways i was introduced to channeling as well with sioux theater 
Um, Cause I felt like some of the shows that I was in, even touching back to like the past life stuff, some of the characters that I would play would represent something related to like a past life that I had um, just because of how well I embodied the character and some of the like super resonating things that I, that the character was going through that like, for some reason touched a particular emotional bone in my body without any explanation of anything happening in this life. I'm like, why am I like, so like into this character so much. Um, but I think a lot of people when they do like theater like that, it's when they're really committed to something, they are pulling, they are pulling energy in and they're able to like embody like the character. Sure. Um, so that was huge for me, but yeah, so theater, I mean, art, um, I have this thing with like organization too. Like I love organizing things and that's one way my energy moves through me. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to, I don't know, jujitsu keeps getting brought up. I think some sort of martial arts is probably something my energy wants to like explore more of in the future. So I'm just putting that out there and see what, we'll see what nibbles at that. It's it's beautiful. Just don't let your ego get in the way. Right, right. Blew my knee out. I was trying to prove myself. <laughs> Instead oh, of usually, it's just play. Like as long as you approach it as play. Uh huh. No goals. No results. Yeah. Just purely play. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's what I would hope I would get into. You know. Yeah, my ego, he he loves the show. He loves the spotlight sometimes, you know? <laughs> it's mm -hmm. also the reason why I like theater. When someone wants to choke your neck, it's hard to turn it off. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like that's like massive ego training. It is. It really is. Yeah. You need yeah. it, but you also did gotta turn it off. Right. Yeah, because you don't have a lot of time to like think about things you're just kind of i feel like a lot of isn't it like muscle a lot of it's like muscle memory isn't it like oh, for sure it comes down to the point where you don't think it's just like tying your shoe mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if there's like a weird knot in your lace you like figure out a way to tie it with the weird knot kind of thing yeah. it's like every yeah. role is uh yeah its own thing very instinctive the ego doesn't have a lot of time if you're yeah i can see just like the ego just being like okay well we don't have a lot of time to think so let me just step in the front seat and you know you're like i gotta the... win versus yeah. i gotta play that's the, right the difference. right 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 yeah 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 i would recommend it it's awesome <laughs> the first year to suck yeah oh god somebody's that... the hammer and somebody's the nail <laughs> always the nail oh my gosh always yeah yeah and until like six months a year goes by new people come in and then you get to be the hammer for them uh that's yeah. slow that's why it takes 10 years to get your black belt wow 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 that's a good way to explain it i never heard it like that yeah and see that's that's part of my hesitancy hesitancy towards it is like like physical like wrestling and like like engagement with that with specifically men like is very intimidating for me mm -hmm. that's like one of my reasons i'm like hesitant about it yeah i'm still very much healing a lot of my fear i, I have like a fear towards like heterosexual like men who are like very masculine so and i think that's another reason why i'm being invited into it 
is to kind of alchemize that fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful tool. I'll probably get back into it someday, but I have a feeling it'll be like a long time. Yeah. 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 Do other things. Yeah. Especially with, yeah, just like your injury, you wouldn't like risk jumping right back into it, you know? Yeah. Is there anything like calling you now um, in replacement of jujitsu? Like, is there anything sticking out to you? Uh, just making videos, connecting with people, doing a podcast, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting recognized for who I am so I can actually mm -hmm. take my projectorness to the next level. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah, that's great. I'm here for that. I'm taking that too. I feel like it's the time for a lot of us wizards to kind of get into that. Like now is the time. I also heard 2027 is going to be the year for projectors. Like mm -hmm. manifesting generating world is going to kind of dissolve and we're going to kind of step into a world for projectors. So it kind of feels like you're you're kind of sensing that now. You're preparing for it. So when that time comes, you're like, you've already put your voice out there. You've already been heard. You've already been seen. And so now you're just like 2010, 2027 rolls around. You're like ready to pop off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of synchronicities. Have you ever done your was numerology, like card reading? Have you ever done that? Uh-uh. No. Just take your birthday and then every birthday has associated with a card oh yes i have done that mm -hmm. yes i think i'm a nine of clubs oh the oh you do it with like actual playing cards i haven't done that but i've, I've added my birthday up interesting so what's yeah. the nine of clubs nine clubs is magician completion energy mm. and it a lot of them say for whatever reason like i haven't seen that anywhere else but it always says like you'll be frustrated with your career till you're 36 typically. Oh, interesting. And 36 is I'll be 36 right before 27. Oh, whoa. So it's like, that would be nice to <laughs> actually yeah. do my work. Wow. That aligned really beautifully. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And my next animal totem is Hawk and that's all the messenger. So I do mm. want to use my voice and do want to talk and connect and spread mm. the message. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Damn. Yeah. That really, yeah. That's really affirming. I'm up to, I want to do that for myself, but the magician makes sense for you. Kella. Mm -hmm. Especially because you're in snake right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so with the completion, like you'll finally be done shedding all the skin and then you'll be, I mean, and snakes are so earthbound too. And then you're like going into hawk, which is like the opposite. It's like, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to grow wings and like take flight. Wow. Dude, that's going to be exciting time for you. Yeah. I am <laughs> tired of being earthbound snake. Yeah. I need skin to be, but I know it's all part of the process. It's right. Like the plan. Yeah. All a part of the master plan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, enduring these snake bites is been a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of venom. Lots of venom. You're like 
alchemizing as well. Emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual. He's going to get all these bites. Yeah. Yeah. So overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I do feel I'm finally coming out of it. Yeah. It was a while. I did isolate. Didn't really want to be seen. Didn't want to socialize or anything. It was just like, what is happening? Everything just crumbling. Right. Right. Well, it makes sense. It, yeah, I feel like you definitely needed that isolation to like, you know, process what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, makes sense. I'd probably do the same thing. Like be so overwhelming, so much questioning and confusion. Like, yeah, I need to go by myself for a hot minute and figure this shit out. Hot two years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. And having that kid was, it brought up all my childhood wounds again, which I thought I dealt with. Mm. Mm. It, it just wow. brought it back to the surface. In wow. A way. Yeah, that's, that's going to be like, that's going to, I feel like, encourage a lot of transformation as well for you. I mean, having a kid is like, I, I don't have a kid, but I can imagine what it would be like like you're constantly seeing a reflection of your younger self and you don't want to project all the feelings that you're feeling from your past onto your child because your child is like triggering all these things in you. That's, that's fucking hard. That is difficult. It's the most psychedelic thing I've ever (laughs) done. It's a 24 seven psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you hear the kid or see her or think Uh about her and she's just there, Uh you're a little, being of light yeah oh my gosh yeah that's that's an intense way to describe it wow Mm -hmm. and i met her in ceremony too really wow the first time i sat with aya she came to me in the stars oh my gosh wow like i'm coming in wow (laughs) wow Uh, yeah how do you receive that at the time i just (laughs) sat up like what (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh did, did 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 she like present herself like could you actually see her too no i didn't see her but just felt her in the stars like she's just up there and looking at me and saying i'm coming in wow wow that's intense especially when you're not ready to have like a kid you're just like yeah i got oh. like 50 dollars in my bank account yeah i'm not ready for you yet oh wow that is gorgeous though the gorgeous experience like Mm -hmm. see your kid your kid coming and telling you that come in wow yeah i I thought it was maybe like a different person than it was and just totally like what yeah wow wow so how what how has it been? I mean, you said it's been like a psychedelic experience, but, and I know that you've been like integrating your, your inner child work. It's, has there been anything like super huge insight that has like really shifted your mindset or consciousness? I mean, it's every day. You talk to me tomorrow. I'll be <laughs> like, I said, it's 24 seven. It doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah. And it's yeah. just constantly integrating constantly. Like, and then I get to see my parents with the kid too. Mm. So I get to see how they were towards me. And it's just like, Oh, right. that's a trip. Why, 
why are you doing that to that kid? Or like, oh man, that's a trip. Oh my gosh, it just wow. doesn't end. But it's in the best way possible. Like it is everything I need to be reborn. Yeah, yeah. So. Which is super exciting. Like that's really exciting to like have this gift of your child to be able to help you to transform. Like that's that's a fucking gift. And yeah, she she's so like magical too. Like just go outside and she's just at instantly at peace. Like she just loves the trees, loves nature. <laughs> you just feel that from you're like, why am I not like uh-huh. Uh-huh. that happy to be outside? Hey, right. He's such right. a great teacher. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a friend who is in, she's very much in the spiritual world too. And she has a kid and she basically describes it how you're describing it too. Like biggest teacher she's ever had, you know, teaches her how to like embody that innocence and to let things go and just enjoy the beauty of the world and literally see, see the world through the eyes of a child is a gift. It's so fresh and clean. There's mm-hmm. just no jadedness there. Yeah. Yeah. No judgment. And then you're not sleeping. You're not, your schedule's gone. There's right. no, right. it's not about you. Uh-huh. Right. This new meaning, this new, like bigger than you energy. Yeah. Yeah. I had to sum up the last two years, it would be the great way is not difficult for those with no preference. The great way is not difficult for those. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Whatever you think, <laughs> whatever you prefer, I'll just throw it out the window. Uh, it has yeah. Nothing to do with what you're living. Right. Yeah, that definitely touches back to what we were talking about before, just how people limit their experiences to suffering, you know, like, yeah. If you think that's what life is like, girl, you are beyond mistaken. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're in the Valley or the peak, don't get attached to either one. Like enjoy the Valley for what it is. Right. Enjoy the peak for what it is, but don't, you're going to go up and down and up and down and up and down and don't worry about. Yeah what it looks like what you think it'll be and all that it's just right like, right yeah and as the world crumbles i think that is the lesson the projector message of like it's not about your plan or your preferences at all right because we're gonna see some shit right right so again yeah just keep your seatbelt on is all we ask you know <laughs> yeah another thing talking about bashar again he, he talks about um, the greatest way that you can receive abundance is by releasing all expectations of how abundance is given to you. So a lot of people limit abundance to just money, you know, or, you know, going to the peaks and the valleys. Oh my gosh, I'm going to see this beautiful peak in this beautiful valley. And I don't care anything in between. I just want to see the peak in the valley. It's like, hey, well, if you limit yourself to that, you're missing so much more. You're missing like the walk up towards the hill you're missing like this beautiful you know glade on the right you know there's there's so much you're missing and because you have such a fixed idea of how you want to have your experience you know if you just surrender and allow yourself to open your gaze more you're actually going to get a lot more 
you know and we think it has to be these big things right when it's really the small like just the miracle of a lot being alive is insane just the fact that you can wake up and have a cup of coffee yeah right insane like why don't you enjoy it like when i give my little kid a little drink of water she just whoop like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah lights up like what was that that was right drink some water what (laughs) you're like why it's only the little moments the big moments are like yeah right right yeah we experience them and it's it's never as big as we think it is you know too we make it so much bigger in our mind that when we actually experience it it's like oh i'm not saying that all the time but for me most of the time that's what it's it's like you know and i think about like how insane the body is like I've been doing a lot of body work and I'm like, my body does a lot. Like it's legit an entire universe inside of me. And that has helped me to kind of integrate more gratitude into my life. I'm like, damn, these blood cells like can replicate without me having to think about it. Or, you know, my organs function all together at once. And they all have these very specific um, function. It's just, it just is amazing. When you actually think about it, it's actually pretty fucking amazing, you know? That's been a huge gestalt change for me, too, is when I'm sitting in meditation, I'll just be like, the universe is breathing you. You're mm-hmm. not breathing. The universe is breathing you. Yeah. Become part of that wholeness. Like, sure, yeah. you have your part, but the universe is beating your heart. You try and stop beating your heart with your mind. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's not about you controlling anything. Yeah, right but you think you have to. So yeah, a lot of my meditation lately has been allowing the universe to breathe me, allowing. Yeah. Yes. You just have to observe, really. You're just observing everything and everything else just falls into place. You know, like mm-hmm. you just, you just get to experience. You don't have to think so hard. Like just enjoy as much as you can, you know, especially dealing with the shadow work kind of stuff. Like let's say you're drinking too much. If you drink too much with awareness, it's going to not be as satisfying. It's going to be like, but what you do is you get unconscious and you just go into this unconscious mode of being. Yes. Whatever your issue, whatever shadow work you're trying to deal with, it's like try and do it with full awareness and it just loses all of its luster. It's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I escaping into this? Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's where like addiction comes in too. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to smoke all this weed until I have an experience, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to think about this experience so hard and how I want to get high and how I want to like be in this moment of smoking all this weed that you end up losing exactly what you're, it's so contradictory, you know, it's all a paradox. That's Uh it's all paradox. There's no set anything. Mm-hmm. until you're aware of both it's yeah lost in the other one yeah right yeah and i feel like that's where like um uh instant gratification culture like really thrives in you know mm-hmm. we're always like chasing after this this gratifying instant gratifying feeling thinking that it's gonna like make us feel good like we get that dopamine rush but we have so many of these dopamine rush that it actually depletes our dopamine and like it defeated the whole purpose why we wanted that gratification in the first place. And you're addicted to that shortcut. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's been huge for me too. Like sc scrolling until I'm numb. Basically scrolling is so schizophrenic. Yes. You go from somebody that just like won some award to a bombing to like, I know it's like in a canoe. <laughs> it's just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like traumatizing and just, it's yeah. It's so awful for the nervous system. And I'm even thinking from like a projector standpoint as well. It's like we soak in so much than the other designs that that sort of scrolling is even worse for our energy and our nervous system. Cause we're, we're actually receiving a lot more and mm -hmm based off of whatever content you're receiving. I, honestly, I don't like, you can watch all the good, like, you know, there is some content that I follow that's like, you know, like Bashar and there's channeling and there's like yoga and there's like community-based living content, but it's like, you scroll through that. And it's just that one, that one video you see where it's like a bombing that like just destroys your energy. You know, for me personally, it just like defeated the whole purpose of like scrolling through all those good videos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Something I'm actively learning how to modulate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just stepping back from like removing any social media, any news, anything outside of what you would naturally see is such a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all these things that, is being said is happening when you look outside it's like the birds are just chirping or whatever. it's right. just like not right right you're, we're totally in this new connected way of yes yeah it's it's, good or bad i mean it's not necessarily bad in itself yeah connecting but and i i think people don't realize like as humans we've never had access to this much information ever in this way and we need to like chill because <laughs> like this, we literally have never had access to all of this before. So you need to give yourself a break and step away from it for a I while. Think it does seem like a split's coming mm -hmm. where the one group is going to go into like the eye vision pro. World, oh, right. And then the other version is going to go work on their garden. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're just a totally different. Yeah. It feels like that's coming. Yeah, that's that's been kind of scary to see, like people walking around, literally looking through a lens. Um, I was in this uh, show once, and it was about virtual reality, and it took place, I think, in like 20, 2040, maybe twenty thirty five, I think. And basically technology advanced so much that people could be hooked up to IVs and then like have, you know, their headsets on and basically just like live in a bed their entire life hooked up with an IV and like a catheter and yeah, matrix. Yeah. And we're already in the matrix. So you're just like matrix times two. <laughs> it's like, you're It's just, it's a little scary. Um, yeah, so I, I I can I can see us going down that road, but I can also see the people who are like not in alignment with that, focusing more on like community living and working on their gardens and you know only using phones for like communication. That's what I'm like really desiring. I think it was Ramdas. He talked about 
was a prophet in India. He said, someday there's going to come a time where you're going to walk outside and you'll be happy that you see a campfire, like a fire, and there's people there. It's going to get to that point where literally everything's going to break down to the point where we're going to have campfires and you're going to be just overjoyed that there's another person yeah that you can go talk to that has a fire yeah that one always hits me like yeah what we're about to drop into yeah what abundance abundance is a campfire yeah (laughs) like we literally are gonna have to break it down to the old ways and let that be our starting point again Mm -hmm. and it's interesting too because going back to astrology we're in the age of aquarius right now which one of the aspects of that it, it represents massive technological advancement and so we're seeing that with like ai and you know the virtual reality apple vision pro and all that and so it's like are we going to use that technology to continue um, our attachment styles independent, like dependent on it? Or are we going to like figure out a way to integrate it in a holistic way and in a way that's so, because there's just so much of it. Like there's too much of it. I think there's too much of this new technological advancement that people are like really becoming dependent on it. And, I I desire to like have an integration of it where it's like 20% ingrained into our society rather than right now, which I feel like it's like 80%. We are 80% reliant on all this technological stuff. I'd love to see it to 20%. I don't know if we'll ever see that in our lifetime, but. What if it was all free? Oh, see. Hmm. I see part of me thinks that it, it would be worse. I want it to be free, but like, I don't know. I don't know. No that's more, like- no more wars over the oil. That's fake. Mm. No more pain for electricity. Mm. Oh, I see what you mean. No now. more. Yeah. Like you just have a engine that runs on water, which we right. kill all those people. They've done it. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then we kill them. Yeah. Yeah. But what if it was just, yeah, no more greed. You don't need to fight for rent. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the technology where I'm like, we could do that. Yeah. Easy. We just switched our whole right mindset. Right. Yeah. We're just so like focused on the hierarchical. Like, oh, it's just uh, a boot stomping on your face. Right, right. Like I own this thing, so I'm gonna have people pay me because I'm the only one that has this thing. And if you don't agree, we're gonna kill you. Yeah, it's like it's it is literally that extreme. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I I want that. I really want that. That feels like yeah. When I I mean yeah. When I think of Aquarius technology, it seems like more community based, more yeah open-hearted more free more yeah available abundant yeah thank you for saying that because i've really just been on the other side of like (laughs) ai is going to take over the world and people are going to like be hooking themselves up to virtual reality so thank you for bringing that awareness into it 
Mm-hmm. That I can't stop thinking about that. That's mm-hmm. all I think about is why are we, yeah, doing it this way? It's right. insane. When well, we that that sort of thinking, like like we need that. Not only is it like thinking about it and creating ideas of how to actually manifest it, but like it's my belief that the more we start to think about those things, the more that energy gets integrated and expands outward and the more likely it is to actually happen. So it's really important that these things are being talked about and thought about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, um, there's this show, uh, it's called on max and it was, it's about this, I think it's called The Garden. It's a documentary about this place called The Garden. And they're actually um, a commune in Missouri. And they're they're basically just showing you how to like live in a community where you're reliant on the land and you're reliant on growing your own food and building like housing structures. And um, I yeah, and I love that that's getting like, popularized like they're like making like real-time documentaries about these things really planting these in because i feel like people in the spiritual like realm and community like these are things we've all like dreamt and desired but now it's starting to get into mainstream where it's it's connecting people more to the idea of what could be possible for society mm-hmm. awesome yeah i want to I do want to talk to a lot of those people on podcasts and like break down, like what are the pros and cons? Like where are you guys? Yeah. Cause it can get very culty very quickly. Right. Yes. Yes. Sure can. Yes. You have to be, it's, it's a very fine line between commune and cult. I want to know like, what do you do? What don't you do? Right. Right. Cause a lot of those people who are like desiring that are desiring freedom, but there also has to be like a, there has to be like a, there has to be rules, right? Like you can't just like let anybody do anything. Like there's got to be rules. And so it's in that rule making that it's like, you have to be careful, be really careful. But yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. That's something I'm very curious about and very like, yeah, I want to do that, but also what can go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important to know. And I feel like this is the time to really discover that as we're like progressing in the age of Aquarius in this 500 year cycle, like we're really working out the kinks i feel like is what our generation is doing we're just playing discovering trying to build the foundations and that looks like what are the pros and cons of establishing something like this yeah juicy stuff man yeah i making me think about it more than I have in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to, I really want a tiny house. Like that's my goal. Like I really want to be like an old stinky wizard in his little tiny house and like make an art. Like people come to my, people come to my little house for wisdom or help with something like that's, that's like my, my goal. Mm-hmm. Really want that. We're building our little tiny house right now. Oh, really? Oh, dope. It's fun. I mean, we also have three people, so it's a little... Oh, yeah. Tiny house with three people is a lot tinier. Yep, yep. But it's also 
are you guys gonna like make it uh like so you can travel with it no i mean it's in the ground it's, it's in the ground yeah yeah i was gonna try and find a picture real quick but oh yeah yeah that's that's the goal you really want a tiny house Yeah, I think of my human design too. I'm not supposed to reach my peak, so to speak, until like my 60s. And I've always felt that. <laughs> yeah, I've always felt that though. And I feel like that's why I've been like wanting to like be a wizard because that is like the wizard age. You have like final form. Your, yeah, final form. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Let's see. That's oh that's dope a little tiny house oh my gosh and it's like two level too so you got is that a garage on the bottom yeah, bottom's got a little cool garage for you can put four cars in there oh my gosh you got a nice propane tank out there too got some propane nice got a good view oh that's exciting so yeah it's fun oh, very lucky cool. mm -hmm. yeah so is your is your lady on board i assume she's on board too she's probably very much into all of this as you are mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah planning the garden for the spring and everything yeah. oh oh my gosh i could see you guys like even like raising bees out there if you wanted oh, we want bees for sure yeah yeah there's a cool uh awesome little i forget what it's called but there's a beehive where the pieces are like here and you just click you like pull it and it the honeycomb separates the honey comes out and you just click it back and you don't have to wear a bee suit. Oh. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Oh my gosh. Wow. You just That's so cool. Them. They're like 500 bucks, but. Oh my gosh. Have you heard of the term geomancer before? Heard it? What does it mean? It's basically someone who works energetically with the land to like raise its vibration. Basically okay. a shepherd of the land um kind of sounds like that's like what you're doing a bit you know yeah i do need to start thinking about that more mm -hmm. yeah you work with the spirits of the land too to help you cultivate good energy for the space that you're in mm -hmm. yeah we definitely need more of that too like earth needs a lot of healing so i had some i have one one person who's been thinking about like building houses with that intention like building have you heard of earth ships before mm -hmm. yeah, he wants to build like earth ships and like feel the energy of the land and see where where it would best like suit the land and i'm like that's great we like need we need more of that sort of intention in the home building and land ship mm -hmm. yeah, i was lucky enough to be at sacred hearts for a few days alone on the land out there and you can totally feel how happy oh, yeah Oh, I'm yeah. so happy. Yes. Yes. I, every, they've asked me to like house it for them a couple of times. And it's always like, I just feel so lucky to like be on the land and walk barefoot on the land. And yeah, I love it out there. Yeah. It's a great model for what's possible. Yeah. My, uh, my friend went to this location where they have retreats. It's not near Tonganoxie, but it's, kind of south of kansas city and like the land is just sick like mm. they, they like hold like retreats there and i've heard a couple people say like it's just it's not good energy like they they just they just feel 
I mean, one of my friends says they like, like they feel death there. I'm like, damn, like, so my friend, he, he wants to go out that my geomancer friend wants to go out there and, um, see in what ways he can contribute his skills to helping healing the land. I think is awesome. Yeah. I always think about the ancestors that came out here back in the day, just like, yeah, what that would look like and how it's totally just like ravaged now. I know. I know. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Just like how much we've, I mean, literally have kind of like raped the land, you know, like it's just been, it's been, yeah, domesticated in the worst ways. And yeah, it's very disheartening. Um, So it's like what we talked about earlier about like how coming to a campfire is going to be like a a very valued uh, experience of abundance. And it's like, yeah, we're going to have to do a lot of deconditioning and deconstructing to get the land. It'll never be back to where it was, but we can definitely. I think it can. You think so? She's alive. Yeah, she can do whatever. She's mm-hmm. so big and powerful. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just look at Detroit. The trees are growing through the houses within like 10 years. It's like. Mm, that's true. You're right. It doesn't take long. Yeah. I mean, it'll take more than our lifetime, but. Not sure long. sure yeah she'll reclaim she's been through a lot worse i'm sure yeah and yeah all those tartarian mud flood theories you found all that i have no i've not heard about that that's a deep rabbit hole to go down really there's all the tartaria was a country that was formed like allegedly like i don't know two or three hundred years ago and they say that we changed the timelines. So it's like not the right year. Like their dates are different than our dates. Mm. And then there's all this evidence of mud floods that come in. So there's these, all those giant, beautiful cathedrals and like buildings like that. There'll be a layer of mud. Like that oh, looks like it wait a flooded. I heard this. Yeah. And so the theory is like could have been nuclear war it could have been some kind of crazy disaster that caused all these mud floods and like changes that they don't even talk about they don't teach us but it changed the trajectory of everything like when we went from free energy to this control system Mm -hmm. kind of thing was this like during the victorian era uh there's different theories but yeah and I'm guessing it's pre like 1800s and stuff. Okay. So okay. There. Yeah. Cause I heard something similar about like, it would have been like before the 1900s, they're talking about something similar, how there's all this, like it was right before the industrial revolution and kind of similar thing might be the same thing we're talking about, but they figured out a way for free energy and they had all this like, um, resourceful ways to build and like all this amazing um, technological advancements and architecture. And again, you know, we talked about like, you know, how governmental entities have killed people who are creating free energy was basically the same thing. Like some, some sort of, they caused some sort of natural disaster to happen to like cover everything. Mm -hmm. That's what, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And there was all these world fairs. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so there's all yeah. these beautiful cities that look like ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. And then conveniently, in every city, there's a fire. Yeah. In every city, like Chicago to San Francisco to St. Louis to yeah. you name a big city. It's like already been designed and mapped out. Yeah. We just come in. That's why it's like it's founded. Yeah. They found it. <laughs> right. 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 Start it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Founded. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about like like that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And now I feel like, you know, I I feel like that's happening now with some technology, but I feel like the technology that we're creating is more internal. Like we've had a lot of starts inside, like we said. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're learning to cultivate that technology within ourselves. And that's something they can't take away unless they kill us. Right. Which I don't know. I don't, I feel like the more that people are coming online and realizing that the harder it is for them to like mask that because it's not a technology that they can take away. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's you can't take that away from somebody and that's why we're seeing a lot of like this well let's get them to scroll on their phone for hours let's let's put all these distractions in their way so that that technology that they're cultivating within themselves will develop slower yeah yeah and i think it's like the kali yuga kind of thing it's just cycles it's just we go into the dark, we go into the light, we go into the dark, the sun comes, sun yes. sets. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what wait, what is the Kali Yuga? Kali Yugas are like the Hindu calendar, and that it's like twenty-six thousand year calendar, like every twenty-six, thirteen thousand or something like that. I don't know the specifics, but it's basically we're coming out of the darkest time in the calendar and moving into the oh okay the lighter like there was a golden age whatever it was a hundred thousand years ago mm-hmm. and then we go into the dark ages and now we're coming out like the dark ages were literally like the last 1300 years were like the darkest times it gets where you're just totally material totally savage totally yeah you driven and then you move into the more light times thank god i'm ready for that but yeah it is it is that ebb and flow though you're right yeah we we come in and out of it um and it's not to say that one is better than the other one is good or bad it just is I don't think you can have have one with the other without the other right you can't inhale without exhaling so yeah yeah right right yeah that's when i started thinking about evil that way when you think of evil live backwards it's mm. just oh wow i didn't even know that Evil is look backwards. It's, you're living backwards. You're just that's oh I'm, oh damn totally against life. <laughs> you're just yeah. You're blowing my mind with that. I didn't even know that. So, wow, fascinating. So from that, it's just shadow and light. It's not personal, right? It's nothing to do with you necessarily. It's just that's mm-hmm. what shadows do, and that's what light does. It's just yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's been a huge lesson for me too. coming into spirituality is like, you know, all love and light is great, but it could also hold the same capacity as the way that you view darkness as evil, you know, like light isn't inherently 
good. It's not inherently bad. You can, you can, you can focus, you can put your awareness on that and receive light in a good way and a bad way. Same with darkness. Like I was so scared of like dark, evil, evil things. Um, and realizing too, that everything comes from like source, everything comes from spirit. And so when you, you can kind of look at these dark, evil, scary things and see that, oh, we come from the same thing. We are the same thing. There's nothing to be inherently afraid of when you view it in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's what helped me cope with like my my paranormal experiences. Like I had, I've had some dark paranormal experiences and again, not having really anybody to talk to about it. And it wasn't until my first ceremony that I did that it clicked of like, you never needed to be scared of this in the first place. Like it was seemingly dark, but there were lessons there for you to learn about yourself. And this energy comes from you and it is you. And you both come also from the same space of spirit. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Everybody condemns the devil, but God made the devil. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, I can condemn God if you're that mad. I know. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like religion has just been so ass backwards. Like, I just don't understand how people can't see how contradictory they are. And in my opinion, I feel like the Bible is more of like art, meaning like, it's, it's like poetry, you know, like we're not supposed to take it for literal face value. Like this was a work of art created an inspiration from God. So you also don't need it's based heavily on the stars. Have you known mm, that? I had not. It's uh-huh. all about the stars. Like Jesus, the sun returns after three days. The sun sets for three days and the winter solstice comes back. It's all just star stories. Mm, so that's why it resonates with us on such a deep level because it is our truth it is the truth of the world wow i didn't i've not heard it like that yeah mr astro theology you heard of him mm. he's uh he get. i think his youtube just got deleted but he's got he breaks it down like it's all like all based on the seasons it's all based on astrology it's huh. all like I'm gonna yeah. follow him right now, Mr. Astro Theology. Is that what yeah. he said it was? Santos Banacha or something. Yeah, that's that's super fascinating, but also you know not surprising. Because mm-hmm. it is a good myth, and there it is that that side where I think it is beautiful stories in there. But I think the reason uh, it's the most popular book in the world is because it's the story of our cosmos. Yeah, right. In a way, right, right. Yeah, no, people have like, I don't know, I think it was in the 50s, 50s or 40s when um, they started like, um, I don't know how to say it, but they started like changing things in the Bible where it was more of an agenda. Like that's, that's, I think that's when they started, started to like put things about, you know, homosexuality is a sin and, you know, things like that. They started changing it to like, be a manipulative tool to control people um but that's interesting i'm gonna look that up mr astro theology and you said his youtube got deleted too oh yeah yeah that's not surprising too real 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Taking the technology away, throw it away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a I forget, there's a there's a few podcasts I've listened to and a few different people that are into it, but he's the best one. He'll yeah, I can send you his thing on Instagram too. Yeah, yeah, please do. Damn, we kind of we kind of rolled through a lot. I knew I, this would be easy. <laughs> I had no I was trying to figure out my ego was trying to figure out, okay, what are we gonna talk about? We need to like create some bullet points of what we're talking about. And I was That's like, what no. everybody everybody I asked. That's their first thing. Like, so what are we gonna uh-huh. we're going into the unknown? I don't know. We're just flowing. I'm gonna be the hollow bamboo and yes. let it come oh. out. Yes, I like that. Walk without feet. Walk without feet. There you go. Bringing it all the way back. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, I guess you have anything to plug or share? Anything you want to promote? Anything um, going on? Yeah, sure. So um, it is a, a pleasure and honor to be able to offer the services that I do which is uh, I create these things called soul portraits for people. And I've noticed that in my journey through spirituality, I have a really good gift of being able to see people's energy um, and spirit guides very clearly and being able to also see like people's purposes and um, being able to represent that in a work of art and it's, it's simultaneously a beautiful work of art that's going to resonate with you on a soul level, but it's also um, a tool for people to use to ground back into themselves when they're feeling uncertain in their lives. Um, and so I, I offer that for people. And um, I also do, um, I do some other spiritual artwork as well. Um, but right now in my life, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm slowly kind of transitioning into teaching people how to make art in a intentional and spiritually centered way. Um, there's a lot of, I've noticed a lot of people just have a lot of hesitancy towards entering the art creative expression world just because they have a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of ego, a lot, of, wounds. A lot of perfectionist wounds. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm developing a program where we acknowledge those wounds and we, actively work through them and then empower ourselves and then create from that space. So a lot of like guided meditation work, a lot of this technique um, called intuitive sketching, which is allowing yourself to have a pencil pen in hand and move your hand across the paper. However, feels most comfortable to you and kind of continuing to surrender to the movement of what wants to move through you. And then taking whatever you just drew and then interpreting it. So we then connect to like, okay, well, let's connect to our higher selves and intuitively sketch. And then I take you through an interpretation process of, um, you know, people, it often looks like a lot of scribbles on paper. So we identify, you know, does it have more of a rigid form, a more smooth form that could mean that could represent more masculine or feminine certain shapes overlaid one another can represent certain things. So yeah, I'm slowly transitioning into that as well. Um, That's kind of what my, my, my wizardry is guiding me through at this time. So yeah. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. That was awesome. I guess the only thing I would promote is if you want some holistic health, I'm still figuring it all out. But yeah, reach out if you're interested in upgrading mind, body, soul. That's been my <laughs> joy to offer mm -hmm. people. So. Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about it because I, I know you've been like hella busy as a dad and just traversing through life in general. But, um, yeah, that's been something that's keeps popping up for me as well. So I might contact you about that soon. Awesome. Yeah, we would. I'd love to do that. Yeah, <laughs> walk you through some of the stuff. Yeah. You yeah. In yeah, that's what I need to that's that's like one of the reasons I'm really drawn to you as well it's like you have this just like this beautiful groundedness about you and I just feel like you you can hold a lot you have a capacity to hold a lot for people which I really appreciate and something that I've been desiring to experience with you so yeah I'll have to talk to you about it thank you thank you for doing this yes yes thank you it was an honor thanks for having me yeah, I'm sure we'll get it back. Run it back sometime. Yeah, I would love to. All right. Have a good one, bro. See you. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. See you. Bye.